Good evening, folks. Glad you joined us this evening for our live stream from the Auditorium of Woodland Memorial Baptist Church. We pray that you get a blessing tonight. We do want to open in prayer and uh, just let you know, uh, we'll pray in a minute, but just let you know we have changed things around a little bit tonight. And so our service will be a little bit more abbreviated so we can get, uh, we're going to only have one song and then we'll get to the message. But we want to open with prayer and we want to pray for our country and pray for this situation, pray for those around the world. And uh, also tonight, remember our missionaries around the world because this has got to be affecting them and pray that God will bless them and take care of them. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your goodness. Father, we pray you bless our time together as we open your word tonight. Father, I pray you'd encourage our hearts and give us what we need. Father, I pray you'd open the windows of heaven and pour out your spirit upon us at, at this time. And Lord, use this live stream to touch hearts and lives and encourage people. And Father, I pray that tonight that you would hinder this virus. I pray you'd take it away. I pray that the Spirit of God would just do a work here. And Father, heal the sick and touch hearts. Father, there are other diseases in our world. And I pray you'd give us a cure for those diseases, things as cancer and, and Parkinson's and dementia and all these other things. And Father, I pray that you would just bring healing. And Father, we just pray that you bless families now tonight and encourage their hearts. Bless those who are at home and uh, maybe by themselves. Let them know that you're with them and that you care about them and help us to reach out to them. and Love them like we should. And now, Father, again, just give our leaders of our country um, guidance and wisdom. And Father, I pray that the Spirit of God would give them uh, help. And, and again, Father, just bless. Father, use what's said tonight to honor you again. For we ask you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. This time, Brother Wes is going to come and he is going to sing tonight. And so, Brother West, come on. <coughs> Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion? My constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know He watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know He watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Let not your heart be troubled, His tender words I hear. 
and resting on his goodness. I lose my doubt and fear, though by the path he leadeth, but one step I may see. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sighing, when hope within me dies, I draw the closer to him. From care he sets me free, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Amen. What a beautiful song, is it not? Beautiful song. Take your Bible if you have it this evening, and if not, maybe you have your iPad in front of you, but turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, you may have an iPad or a smartphone or something like that, or a computer. You can look it up, follow with me tonight. And uh, I want to draw your attention to 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy 2. And, and I've got to tell you, um, tonight. Um, let me just say one thing by way of introduction. Now I'll share something about the message. Let me encourage you, those of you who are at home, I know everybody's talking about stay at home and social distancing and things like that. And I've been saying this over and over again. Social distancing doesn't mean you can't call somebody. You can call them on the phone. Please do that. Call and check on each other. Send texts of encouragement. I've had some people text me today and uh, I had a phone call while I go from an old friend and uh, I'll be calling them back later. And, and so, but, um, let me encourage you to call each other and check up on each other. And if you can safely and somebody needs some help, please do it. If you can do it safely, you know, if somebody needs some food or out of something and, you know, you can pick it up for them safely. If you can do it safely and not put yourself in danger and then you don't have to go in their house. You can 
uh, call them and say, hey, I'm delivering it. I'm leaving it at the front door and make sure they open the door and get it and things like that. And you can wave at each other from 25 feet away or whatever, you know, as you're in your car. And uh, but uh, do it safely. But if you can help others, please do. Uh, this is a time not to just desert each other. And so let me encourage you to do that. Now, tonight, the message. I said that I'd preach on this message tonight. And I got to be honest with you, ever since we started looking at this and this coronavirus came up and all the things came up, I've had one message on my heart, one message on my heart that I wanted to preach. This is a message, uh, believe it or not, that I preached back in 1989. You realize how long ago that is? Do you realize how long ago I, I set the outline for this message? Now, somebody's going to say, are you going to preach that message again tonight? No. What I did is the main points are the same. The main points are the same. But I have edited it, updated it, and brought it forward. But as soon as I thought of this and thought of these live streams, I thought about this message. I've got to be honest with you. I thought about this. And tonight I want to preach on the subject, hope in the midst of confusion. Hope in the midst of confusion. And I want this to be an encouragement and a challenge to all of us tonight. An encouragement and a challenge. 2 Timothy chapter 2, look down in verse 15. Very familiar verse. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's to the preacher. He needs to study the word of God so that he can be approved of God and so that he can give the correct meaning of the scriptures. And that's one of the reasons we study, all of us need to study the Bible, is so that we can come to the right interpretation of the Bible. Let me tell you, years ago, I met a young man in a store that was at a Christian bookstore and and he said, are you, and I was looking for a reference book at the time, a certain one. I can probably almost tell you which book it was. I ended up buying the book, but he asked me, he said, are you a preacher? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, so what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for a certain reference book. And he said, uh, uh, why? And I said, so I can study and look things up. He said, well, our church, we don't do it that way. I said, what do you do? He said, well, we just uh, pick a passage and get up and let her fly. I said, man, you need to be studying the word of God. You need to be studying the Scripture. Make sure you don't give the wrong interpretation of the Word. You say, well, Brother Scott, can't the Holy Spirit give you the correct interpretation? Yes, but you still need to study. The instruction is to study the Word, and you need to do that. Look at verse 16 now. He says, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about idle chatter, talk that is of no value. He said, you don't need to worry about those things. And we see that in our day and age, things that are of no value that they're leading to godlessness, godlessness. Look at verse 17, And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenus and Philetus. You know, there are some things that are going out today, some things being taught today, that are like that ugly C word. Do you know what the C word is? I use it around here. The C word is cancer, and that's what he's referring to here. There are things that are being taught, being said today, that are like a cancer on society, and we need to be aware of those things. Verse 18, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. You need to be careful about what's being taught today. Why? Because the things that are being taught, some of the things being said in our day and age, can cause people to falter in their faith. You need to be careful. But now look at verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. My text tonight is going to be verse 19. And in verse 19, I want to give you some hope in the midst of confusion. Let's pray. Father, I beg you to give us what we need tonight. Father, I beg you to help me to preach the Word of God. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would just do a work here. Father, open the windows of heaven. Pour out your Spirit. 
And Father, I pray that you would be honored by all that's said and done tonight. And Father, I pray that whenever people listen to this message, on Facebook or on the podcast, Father, I pray that the Spirit of God would help them and touch them and encourage them. Now, Father, do a work, for we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, today, you and I live in a crazy and confused world, do we not? Yes, we do. It is a world of worry and fear. There's a lot of uncertainty in our world, and nobody knows what is going to happen next. Nobody knows. As I said, a lot of uncertainty. You know, as I thought about this, I want you to think with me tonight how messed up our world is. I put these things down. Number one, our world is messed up politically. Uh, folks, our world is a mess politically. I look at the country tonight, and you think that what's going on in our country would bring a lot of people together, and it has. But folks, there are still people that are trying to split and divide. Folks, we need to work together tonight. We need to work together. And instead of being at each other's throats, there are people who are at each other's throats, and the hatred in our society today is, is wicked. Let's just be honest. It's wicked. Where is this vile hatred coming from? Folks, we don't need to have that in our society. It doesn't help. Our world's messed up politically tonight. Our world is a wreck. Number two, I put this down. Our world is messed up economically. Economically. Let's be honest. Our economy is going south, is it not? It's affecting countries around the world. We're in a mess economically. People are losing their jobs. Things are going crazy. The stock market's going haywire. Businesses are, are uh, you know, having to uh, shudder and things like that. We're in a mess economically. Number three, we're in a mess socially tonight. Socially tonight. Folks, social sin is on the rise. Social sin is even now being ex uh, um, promoted. Sin is now mainstream. Socially, we are a wreck. The family is a wreck. The home is a wreck. Folks, society is a wreck socially. We're pushing things that are godless tonight. Pushing things that are godless. I put down the fourth thing. Our society is a wreck morally. Let's be honest. We're going down the tubes morally. The morals of our country are going down. Things that were sin years ago are now being accepted today. People don't think a thing about lying, cheating, stealing, killing somebody. Folks, you say, wait a minute, those are crimes. Yes, but they're also moral issues, are they not? Hey, by the way, the Ten Commandments are still good and would be good for society today. Amen? Yes, still be good. Folks, we're going down the tubes. We see it promoted on TV, and Christians are being cold, are becoming cold and callous to sin and moral values, cold and callous. But then I put down a fifth thing. Our world is in a mess religiously. People today are turning from the truth of God in the Bible. People today are trying to believe whatever. I've said this for a while. What we have today in Christianity is we have a new Christianity, and then we have biblical Christianity. You say, what's the difference? Biblical Christianity is based on the Bible, the Word of God. This new Christianity is based on whatever some denomination says or whatever people feel today, and they want to call themselves Christians without a biblical basis. Folks, that is dangerous. That's opposed to the Word of God. We need to be careful, but religiously, we're in a mess. The cults are flourishing. We have false prophets and false teachers and false doctrine. False religions are on the rise. We see false religious buildings being built all over our country. And then many churches are in a mess. Many churches are in a mess. Oh, it's sad to see what is going on with a lot of churches today. Churches going down and in turmoil today and forgotten what purpose they have, which is reaching people for Christ, helping people grow in the Lord, and meeting the needs of people, bringing honor and glory to the Lord. Folks, we're in a mess today. And can I add right here, 
We live in a world of questions, a world of questions where people are looking for answers. And the sad part about it is as people are looking for answers, our world is becoming more godless. Think about it. We're looking for answers. People are looking for answers and are wanting to know about God, but yet our world is becoming more godless. Some people are saying there is no God. Others deny his creation. You know, boy, I can park right here for a little bit. You know, I, 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 and I can say things like this. You know, I, I still don't understand how people can deny creation. They talk about, I'm just going to tell you where I come from on it. It, you know, people talk about the Big Bang. There was an explosion. Everything lined up, and all of a sudden, boof! Here we are. You know, I know it's not that easy, but they say you know it it exploded, lined up, everything lined out just right, so that you know man evolved and all that kind of stuff. Can I tell you something? I, just to be honest about it, can I just speak to you from my heart? To me, it's easier to believe Genesis one one, where it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, than it does believe there was an explosion years ago and everything lined up just right. To me, it takes less faith to believe God created everything than it does to believe evolution just lined out perfectly to where we are today. I got to be honest with you about that. I can't. I, I can't hold to that. But people deny the creation of God. People say keep quiet on issues. They say don't talk about social issues. We have a thing today where if you talk about certain sins, they'll shout you down. They'll attack you. Things like that. They say be quiet on those things, folks. There's a big attack on God. Yet people are looking to God for the answers. Folks, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. I mean, if people want to get rid of God, yet when problems come like today, people are looking for God. And people need to find answers. Hey, that's one of the reasons we're doing this Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. At our church, we have three services a week. I know some churches have had to close and they don't have some of the capabilities. But what we decided to do, or what I thought about and I threw out and I said, okay, We've got to close our main services, but let's live stream Sunday morning. Let's live stream Sunday night. Let's live stream Wednesday night. Let's still get the Word of God out there. Let's give hope to people. And that's what we're doing tonight. Why? So that we can give people the truth of God. That's our whole purpose tonight. But folks, understand we do live in a messed up world, do we not? We live in a messed up world, a world that's gone crazy and nuts and things are, are nuts today. Now, let me tell you, things may look bad. I'm not here to discourage you tonight. Things may look bad. Things may look messed up. But I'm here to tell you tonight, there is hope. I'm here to tell you there is hope tonight. In the midst of all this confusion, in the midst of all this mess, there is hope. That's why I've brought you to 2 Timothy chapter 2 tonight, to give you some words of hope in the midst of all this confusion, in the midst of all this confusion. Down in verse 19, notice what he said there. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 19, he's talking, he, he, in the verses preceding, he's talking about the confusing voices and, that people were hearing about the false teachers and all the garbage that was going on, things they didn't need to listen to. But then he comes down and he gives these words in verse 19. He says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Folks, I want you to understand tonight that that verse right there is a verse of hope. It is a verse that can give hope to you and me. Think about that for a minute. It is a verse that can give hope to you and me. To you and me. Now, in this hour, what I want to do is I want to give some words of hope, if I can, from this verse. And I want to give you three words tonight, three words to think about that I trust two of them will give you great hope 
in this day and age in which we live. In these confusing times, some words of hope. So number one, let me give them to you. Number one, I want to give you a word of confidence. Confidence. I realize in this day and age, there's not a lot of confidence. Well, I want to give you something tonight you can be confident in. Look at verse 19 again and notice what he says. Nevertheless, notice that first line, the foundation of God standeth sure. Did you get that? The foundation of God standeth sure. Folks, what am I trying to get you to understand tonight? The point I want you to catch tonight, God is still on the throne in the midst of all this confusion. People may ask, what about the virus? Well, folks, God is still on the throne. That virus did not catch God by surprise. And by the way, this virus is not the first virus like this to ever hit us in history. You know, and, and maybe the coronavirus is something new or something like that. I don't know. But, you know, viruses and, and diseases have hit before. I was reading a little bit today about the ministry of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And I think it was about a year after he became pastor in London in 1854, he responded, and, and I was reading a little bit of his response to, and I believe it was a cholera epidemic. And he talked about how daily some of the things he was going through during that time in 1854. But folks, even though we have the virus, I, I got to tell you tonight, that doesn't change things. God is still on the throne. Somebody said, what about the financial issues today? Folks, God is still on the throne. You know, I thought about this, our church, you know, and I thought about our church finances. And, uh, you know, we're not taking offerings on Sunday right now. And, and, you know, let's be honest, it takes offerings to keep the lights on, to pay salaries, to support missionaries, to help people and things like that. And, and uh, you say, what about that? Well, you know what? I am trusting God to take care of us. You know, I know some people will send their offerings in through the mail and things like that. And, and I know that, and, and our missionaries, and one of the things we do at our church with our missionaries, we keep three months' supply in the bank. We keep three months' supply in the bank. So we've got enough to take care of our missionaries for at least three months. That's if another dollar never comes in. But, you know, I know some has already come in this month, you know, to help out. And so, but, uh, but, but God is still on the throne, you know. God is still on the throne. You say, what if, what if the finances don't come in? Then we'll do what we need to do, you know. We'll do what we need to do. But God can and will take care of us there. You say, what about the government and the political turmoil and everybody fighting each other? Can I tell you something? God is still on the throne. And I'm here to tell you tonight, my faith is not in a political party. My faith is in God. Can I tell you that? It's in God. You say, what about the atheists and the mockers that say there is no God? Hey, can I tell you something? That doesn't change God. God is still on the throne, folks. He's still there. Somebody asked the question in, then why doesn't Jesus return and set up his kingdom and end all this mess? Can I tell you why? The answer to that is found in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Bible says there that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slack, slackness, but is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know why God lets everything keep running the way it's running? So hopefully somebody else will get saved. That's the reason. Because he is showing his love and his mercy and his long-suffering to mankind. And folks, it could be you he's waiting on to get saved. You know, years ago when I was a kid, I kept hearing, you know, one of these days there's going to be that last soul to get saved, and then Jesus is going to come back. You know, folks, can I tell you something? Maybe he's waiting on you. Maybe there's somebody that's listening to me tonight. You've never been saved. You know what? The Lord is giving you a chance tonight to make Jesus your Savior. But, let, but, but don't worry. God is still on the throne tonight. 
God is still on the throne. And you and I don't have to worry. God cannot be dethroned. You say, how do you know that? Satan tried. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 and 13 tell us that Satan tried to exalt himself when he was that angel cherub being known as Lucifer. He tried to exalt himself above God, but he couldn't do it. He tried to dethrone God, tried to rise up above, but he couldn't do it. Satan couldn't do it. Mankind cannot do it. Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4 saw the greatness of himself, yet he was put down. Herod in Acts chapter 12 came out and started speaking. People said, it's the voice of a God, and he refused to give glory to God. The angel of the Lord killed him. Folks, understand, God is still on the throne, and it's not by that person that shakes his fist up in the air and says, if there's a God, prove it right now and kill me. God doesn't have to prove anything to us. He's still around. God is still on the throne. And folks, I'm here to tell you tonight, because He's still on the throne, you and I can be faithful, can be confident in our faith in God. You and I can be confident. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11 states, the foundation that we lay is Jesus Christ. Folks, and we build our, our lives upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, and we can be sure that that foundation is good and God is still on the throne, and nothing can change that, nothing can shake it. I love that in Matthew chapter 7 where he talks about he that hears my word and does it will be like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the winds came, the storms came, guess what? It stood firm. My friend, if you'll build your life on Jesus Christ, you can stand firm no matter what comes your way. You can stand firm. Folks, our confidence is in God, and He is still on the throne. He is still here. He is still with us. That's a word of confidence tonight, a word of confidence. You and I can be confident in that. Let me give you a second word in this hour, if I could. Not only a word of confidence, number two, let me give you a word of comfort. A word of comfort. Comfort. Notice the second part of that verse, what he says there. He says, nevertheless, the foundation of God stand sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His. Did you get that? The Lord knoweth them that are His. When I think of that verse right there, I also think of John 10, 28, where Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. I know them. My friend, you and I can rest assured tonight that God knows who His children are. Folks, God knows all things. The Bible tells us all things are light to Him. There's nothing He does not know. But understand what this verse is saying. God knows who His children are. He knows who they are. Now, let me just say a couple things right here. Number one, there's no fooling God. He knows the saved from the unsaved. You know, I, I think about myself. I think about my testimony. Most of you, many, or excuse me, some of you have heard my testimony. You know that for years I played games with God. Seven years I played games with God. I went around telling everybody I saved. I went around telling everybody I was a child of God. You know, the crazy part about it is I had myself believing it. But you know what I found? It was all a lie. Then one night in a revival meeting, I heard an old man preach named B.R. Lakin. That night, the Holy Spirit of God got hold of my heart, showed me I was lost, showed me I was a sinner, that I needed Jesus. And I went forward and in a church like this and knelt at an altar like this that we have here. And my best friend took his Bible, cried with me. He and I had been visiting together. I'd been in church for years. But you know what? That night, I got saved. Next night, I got baptized. Rebaptized. You say, rebaptized? Yeah. I had already been baptized once, but after I got saved, I got baptized to show I was a follower of Christ. Folks, there's no acting with God. The Lord knew who Judas was. 
He knew that Judas wasn't really a true follower of Christ. The Lord knows. And folks, you need to realize the Lord knows the true from the false. We can sit here all day long and say, well, I'm okay. I asked somebody years ago, I said, are you saved? And they said, yes. So what about your spouse? And they said, well, he's always been a Christian. I said, what do you mean? Well, he was a Christian family. Hey, folks, it's not whether you've always been a Christian. It's have you been born again. That's the thing. Have you been born again? And folks, what you and I need to realize also under this point right here, the ungodly are going to get their just rewards one of these days. I know sometimes we look around and we see that it seems like the ungodly or those that are wicked, seems like they're prospering on every hand. Well, folks, just remember what Psalm 37 says. One of these days, they are going to get what's coming. But again, look at verse 19 and notice what he says. Notice what he says there in verse 19. He says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His. Did you get that? He knows them that are His. He knows them. He knows who they are. Now, understand, there are two things here. Number one, He knows who His children are. But I want you to understand, I was reading, and if I understand right, the idea here is more than just knowledge of who they are, but He's talking about that personal relationship. That personal relationship. And folks, I want you to understand tonight, if you're saved, you have a personal relationship with the Lord God Almighty. You have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why I tell people, they ask, are you a religious person? No, I'm not. I don't like religion. Why? Religion is do, 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 do. You know what Christianity is about? It's about a relationship with God. But understand what that means. If you have Jesus as your Savior, if you have the Son, guess what? He is never going to leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5, he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And the idea there, if I understand it right, is I will never, no, never leave thee nor forsake thee. Never. He's always going to be there for you. He's always going to be, he's always going to stand by your side. He's always going to be there. The psalmist said, I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I never forget one time when I was a kid, one of my friends got in trouble. Well, we got in trouble together, but I hid. And you know what I did? I forsook my friend as he got in trouble. You know, the funny part about it is, is the Lord Jesus, it doesn't matter what happens to you. If you're saved, you're his child. He's always going to be with you. He's always going to be by your side. He's always going to stand up with you, never going to leave you. And folks, understand that our God is a caring and loving God. He cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Folks, one of the things I was thinking about here, you and I can dwell on the bad in the world, or we can look to our Lord who loves us and cares for us. He knows who we are. He knows if you're His child. If you have that personal relationship, He is there for you, my friend. The Lord knoweth them that are His, He says. That ought to comfort your heart, that He is there for you. And He's always going to be there for you. He's going to comfort your heart. But that brings me to the third thing, the third word. Not only tonight do I want to give you a word of confidence. God is still on His throne. Number two, a word of comfort. The Lord knows who you are. The Lord knows who His children are. But then number three, understand, in this verse, there is a word of caution. There is a word of caution. You say, what do you mean? Notice the last part of the verse. He said, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. 
Did you catch that? Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The word depart here means this. It means to desert, to revolt, to get away from. Iniquity means that which is wrong morally. Character, life, acts, the whole shebang. The idea of being wrong. Simply put, can I tell you what you and I need to do in this day and age? That can I give you what I'm looking at here and what I see in our world today simply? Even though we live in a messed up world, you and I need to do right. You and I need to do right. Regardless of the mess of the world, guess what? Do right. Regardless of what others may do, guess what? Let's do right. Regardless of whatever life may throw at us, guess what? Let's do right. Let's do right. I think it was the old preacher Bob Jones Sr. said, even if the star, do right even if the stars fall. But you know what he's saying here? If you claim Christ, you need to live it. You need to live it. Too many people, they claim to be a Christian, but they do not live it. Their lives do not equal their profession. They profess Christ, but in works they deny Him, Titus 1 says. What is he saying? He's saying you and I need to lean, live clean, holy lives. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 tells about how God is holy. You and I have been called to be holy. And we are to live holy lives that are pleasing to Christ, not in sin, not following blatant sin. See, we don't need to be like the ones listed in the next verse, in verse 20, where he talks about there are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. Folks, you and I need to make sure that you and I are vessels of honor for the Lord in this day and age. Besides, guess what? You and I need to be a shining light in this day and age. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's why you and I need to do the right thing all the time, and especially in this day and age when people are looking for answers and they're looking at the problems of the world. You and I need to be living right and following Christ, being a light to this lost world. What am I trying to tell you tonight? Yes, we live in a messed up world. We live in times that are confusing. This one says this. This one says this. This one says something else. This one says something else. I'm like, are you kidding me? I hear this one say this, and then somebody over here says, no, they said this, and somebody says, no, they said this. And Folks, we live in confusing times. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but thank God we know who holds tomorrow. Amen? We know who holds tomorrow. But I want you to understand tonight, there is hope for this world, but it's only found in Jesus Christ. Let me ask you in this hour, can I ask you tonight, in this old messed up world, where are you at? Two questions. Do you know Jesus? Can you say, yes, Brother Scott, I know Jesus. There's been a time in my life when the Spirit of God showed me I was a sinner, I was lost, and that I needed Jesus. And I repented and by faith accepted Jesus as my Savior. My friend, has there been a time like that in your life? If not, you can be saved tonight. You know, God loved you so much that He gave His only Son to die on the cross for you so that you wouldn't have to perish, so that you wouldn't have to go to hell, so that you wouldn't have to face God's punishment for sin. That's why Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. And behind me, I said it this morning, I'll say it again tonight, I have a cross, we have a cross up on the wall here. And, all, and it's an emblematic or a picture or a symbol of the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, died in our places, our substitute, take our punishment so that we wouldn't have to face God's punishment. And if we're willing to take Him as our Savior, look to Him, guess what? He will save us, 
and take us to heaven and give us a pardon of our sin and we won't have to face the punishment anymore. My friend, can I ask you, do you know Jesus? You can pray a simple prayer tonight or you can go to our website. You know, I was looking at it again today. I went to our website, whitleymemorial.com, whitleymemorial.com. And on our website at the top, there's a little bar there that has, you know, uh, services and contact where you can send me a message. But, you know, up there it also says New Life uh, or the New Birth, which is a gospel presentation by Evangelist Paul Levine, who's now in heaven. Or you can go next to it, and there's the bridge to eternal life there, the bridge. And the bridge is in several different languages there. You can go out and you can read a gospel track entitled The Bridge, and it's in English, and it's in Chinese, and it's in uh, um, uh, Spanish, and it's in, um, um, uh, I think it's called Afrikan, and I think there's an Arabic one there. You can go and read the gospel there tonight if you want to know more about being saved. So do you know Jesus, number one? Number two, where are you at spiritually? Where are you at spiritually? Maybe you've been saved, but you're away from the Lord. Don't you think it's time to come back? What did the song say? I've wandered far away from God, but now I'm coming home. My friend, tonight in this midst of confusion, there is hope. Why? We can be confident that God is still on the throne. We can take comfort in the fact that the Lord knows who we are and He's always going to be with us. He's never going to forsake us. But we also need to use caution and make sure our testimony before a lost world is right because people need Jesus tonight. And we're the ones that are called to tell others about Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for tonight. I pray the Holy Spirit would touch hearts. Father, I pray if somebody wants to know more about Jesus, they'd go to our website. Look at those gospel messages. Father, if somebody tonight does get saved, I pray that they would contact me and send me a note about it. And Father, I pray that you would just challenge all of our hearts tonight to realize that you're on the throne and you're always going to be with us. These things didn't catch you by surprise. And Father, I pray tonight the Holy Spirit We'll just do a work in every heart and every life. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Let me just make one announcement. We'll be back on again Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. God bless you.